What happens when you take Facebook arguments between friends who don't agree and have them face to face? I'm Xanthi. And I'm Andrew. And this is We've, We've Got, Got Issues. Hello and welcome back to Z to A. We've Got Issues. Uh, I'm Andrew. And I'm Xanthi. We're recording in the dog days of summer, right? It is. Uh, leading up until. Labor Day. It's still hot, but it's starting to cool down. Uh, except but not in politics. Not politically. Oh, you <laughs> cut me off right, right on my line. I didn't want you to get that joke. Yeah, no, it wasn't even a good joke, but you got there first, so you get the point. Um, anyway, we are like two days after the Manafort-Cohen thing happened, so there's a lot going on in terms of uh, the left and the right seeing things very differently. Um, and of course, Anthony and I always see things relatively differently, but... Um, yeah, we've somehow made time this summer to um, to continue having disagreements. <laughs> it was very professional of us. <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, so we're going we're gonna to take on some of the conversations we had on social media this week. We're also going to take on a little bit of the Trumpy stuff. Uh, and, but first, of course, we're going to do the thing that put us on the map, the thing that... <laughs> I always wonder what map are we it's talking the, it's about It's the here? map that people use to <laughs> find podcasts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that, of course, is uh, Not My Tribe, which uh, we're each going to ask each other three questions from the other side of the political aisle, mm-hmm. and we'll see how tuned in we are to what the other side of the country is talking about. And Xanthi, why don't you begin? All right. Um, so one of the, one of the lesser... Uh, news items that happened this week, uh, although I think in any other uh, week it would have been big, and maybe this technically was last week. Um, Chris Collins and Duncan Hunt oh, yes. are two Republican uh, congressmen. I know these names, mm-hmm. yes. Um, and they now share not one, but two distinctions, and I was wondering if you knew what those were. They both got in trouble for something, mm-hmm. and uh, it was... And I remember the Duncan Hunt thing was something that like it landed, I think, on the Manafort uh, news day. Very so like, good. It so did. it basically nobody paid attention to it. Nobody but me. And it was some kind of a, I feel like campaign violation, yes, violation, very good. and okay. something around three hundred thousand uh, dollars is in my head, but I can't remember what. Okay, he did. Uh, you can get a you can get a little bit of a point. You yeah. get a fraction of a point for that. He was he was charged. He took a bribe with, or something. No, he was charged with like ridiculous campaign violations, using campaign funds to do things like oh, right. go on vacation, pay for his kids' right. school lunches, his wife ship and the a golf bunny, balls. ship a bunny across country. It was just like a like a laundry list of ridiculous things. I, I remember there was I guess an email from his wife being like, oh, we'll we'll just say that like these golf balls are for like the wounded warriors, so let's buy stuff at exactly. pro shops. Exactly. Right? Very yeah, good. Yeah. Okay. Good. So I did. So that's Duncan Hunt. Um, Chris Collins ringing a bell with you? He was another guy who got in trouble for something, but I don't remember. Let's say campaign violations. So one one thing that these two guys both have in common is they did both get in trouble for um, financial misdeeds. Yes. Uh, Chris Collins actually got in trouble for insider trading um, with his son, I believe. And, oh, uh, was this the guy who did it, did it on, the, on the White House lawn and the, with the cameras going? I think he did. That might be right. Yeah, there was something that was happening, and he's like, he got on the phone. And he's like, oh, dude, you got to sell or yes. whatever. Okay, good. And, okay. and actually, like, while the cameras were rolling on the White House lawn. <laughs> I missed like, that detail. But worst it's place to insider trade ever. 
Yeah. Uh, so both of them got in trouble. They're both Republicans. So yes. I should say they have three things in common. Um, and the third thing that they both have in common? They're both dating Kimberly Guilfoyle. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, as far as we know. As far as we that's know. No, right. I don't know. Uh, so the, the, the third thing they had in common, and I know you're going to probably think this is silly, but it struck my fancy, um, was that they were the first two sitting House members to endorse Donald Trump oh. for president okay. in 2016. Uh, and Hunt was actually a founding member of something called the Trump Caucus. Right. Um, so, so yeah, I thought that that was maybe worth pointing out. So they're corrupt and yeah, they're, they like, also, they're totally consistent. But like they see where the wind blows and they yes, go right. Exactly. Like, so they 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 actually, in a way, just had their you know finger on the pulse of where the, <laughs> the people are. We're pro corruption now. So yeah. yeah. Maybe that's what it should be called: the Corruption Caucus. The, the Corruption Party. Uh huh. Um, okay. Good. So I think I'm gonna give you like a something for that. Maybe a half a point. I mean, if you're gonna be talking about two Republican congressmen, like chances are that they did something corrupt. It's pretty. (laughs) Okay, so um, here's a question. Mm -hmm. Um, On Wednesday, Trump tweeted about a land appropriation problem. (laughs) Yes. Where? In South Africa. You're hard to beat. Okay. And uh, it's hard to view this as anything else than just plain old race baiting, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I, I was trying to, I guess, though, that... I'd love to know. I guess they must have covered it on Fox and Friends or something. Like, yeah, where yeah, did yeah. his information come from? I don't know. Yeah, no, it I was mean, Tucker Carlson. know Carl- it was from Fox. It was Tucker Carlson just did a story, yeah. and then Trump, like, tr- tweeted about it. Like, yeah. so he's like, oh, I'm going to look into that. Like, what are we going to look into South African politics for? You know, it struck his, it struck his fancy. Yeah, just he's for, like, my just people, for a split second. My people would like to talk about that instead of this. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so you are aware of that. All right, good. I so got you a get point. point. All right, my turn. Um, this is just a, just a small fun fact. Yeah, um, a, a snippet. I, I, at some point this week, the president tweeted in all caps, "No collusion, yeah, rigged witch hunt." Yeah, and that, I think that was the entirety of the tweet. Yeah. Do you know what what time he made that tweet? Uh, sometime between one and four a.m. <laughs> You're so good. It was one ten a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I think he has trouble sleeping. <laughs> would be would be my guess. Well, right? you know, it's weird because ever since he was elected, I also have trouble sleeping. Yeah. Um, no, I think. Uh, I have my own theory about it. Um, I just think I, it's so weird that we are—we literally have reached. I mean, the tweeting, and I know this is not a new point, but it just bears repeating that the president is so unhinged and unmanaged and unmanageable yeah. that he is sending out kind of stream of consciousness. Yeah, Kofefe. Uh, but we explained about craziness that craziness right. at all hours of the day and night. It's, yeah. it's but. We would not let somebody like that be our kid's kindergarten teacher. I agree with all of that. Okay. But the only good side of that is that it's unfiltered. We know that we're getting yeah. what we're getting. Yeah. And Well, yes and no, because also whatever he says, the opposite is generally true. <laughs> so I don't know that you can make a full Sometimes. argument for authenticity Sometimes. here. Um, all right. Second one from the right-hand media. Um, and, I, and this one you're going to get. But the, an Iowa <laughs> student was killed. Yes. Uh, by an illegal immigrant, and the question actually is an open question: is whether this person was an illegal immigrant? Mm-hmm. I think he was. I think he was too. And um, but what was the name of the Iowa student? Molly Tibbets. Very Poor good. Molly Tibbets. Yeah. Um, who I was actually going to ask you about this too, mostly because I was going to say this was the story that Fox News was covering, right? While the Manafort Cohen 
um, coverage was going on sort of wall to wall on every other station. Yeah. Um, and I actually don't really watch regular TV anymore, but apparently they had those like breaking news alerts yeah. when the Cohen Manafort thing came in, which I so remember from when we were kids, where you would be watching like some after school special, right. Right. and then all of a sudden they would have like they would break into it with like President Reagan's been shot, yeah. or and it was always this important kind of thing. like it was important and it was like exciting and scary, right. Right. and especially when you're a kid. Pay attention, yeah. Um, um, and it's weird to me that actually I was thinking that like we have that feeling now every yeah. minute of every day. Like if you think about all the news alerts that you get on your phone I, and it's so hard to decide. I mean, this is, it's like we're in a constant state of like news arousal. I cannot understand for the life of me why this story is the story that, that, that the right wing You can't decided. understand it? No, I mean, I just... I mean, I get, yeah, I it's got the illegal it. immigrant angle, and it's got Iowa maybe, and I guess it's got like the pretty, I assume, oh, pretty blonde girl angle. I get it's a distraction. I get it's a distraction, but I just don't get why this is the one. Like, people get murdered all the time. Probably like, oh, Andrew, like you're five people are getting murdered, murdered from the time I started saying I that. Know, like, five people got murdered. Right. So right? You're, you're applying like reason to this, which is a really I applaud you but no, it doesn't just, make sense there's certain news stories where you kind of say like oh yeah, yeah I see why that became a news story because it's like called, it captures we don't want to talk about the Manafort Cohen yeah. thing we do want to keep inflaming yeah. people's feelings about illegal immigrants yeah. we do want to so keep making Americans feel afraid it's all about sowing fear I and get uncertainty that. I get that but I just I'm surprised that we now know Mo is it because Molly Tibbetts is a name that you can remember no it's because the, it's because it was such a blatant ploy. Right. Um, well, and so honestly, it, like, I read a little so more about So was the South it. Africa thing, yeah. She was uh, quite progressive. Uh -huh. She certainly was not a, um, a Trump voter. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, like, it's really sad that not only was she brutally murdered, but in fact, her family is now having to step up and say, please stop, Fox News. Please stop, stop. using our daughter's name right. it, to this end. I mean, as if they aren't suffering enough already. It's absolutely vile. I just... I, I hear all that. I, all I'm saying is like, I don't get, usually I can kind of see the media calculus behind mm -hmm. a story where you're like, oh yeah, this is a pretty story girl, that has, story has everything. But this I feel like, I guess what I'm saying is like, that this plot of a, you know, if this was like a movie plot, you're mm -hmm. like, oh, this is like, you know, Ocean's 13. Like, you're like, I've seen this before. I'm not going to go see it. Yeah. It's boring. No, I, they're I know on it. message. They're on message though, Andrew. Mm, they're, okay. they're totally on message. I don't agree with it, obviously. No. Um, and I think it. And I think it should be. I think they should be called out on it. Well, you knew the name Molly Tibbetts, so I it did. worked. So, I did. Um, so I think it's my turn next. Your turn. Um, I'm going to ask you about another young woman who, um, luckily, is still she's with um, us, <laughs> alive and breathing. Oh. Uh, her name is Cassie Semyon, and she did something this week in the political arena, roughly, that went viral. And I was wondering if you happened to catch sight of this. Cassie Semyon did something, I feel like I might... And I felt like it embodied, it embodied a lot of the emotion. Can you give me a hint? Can you give me a... Was it... Obviously she had a video, right? So there's a... It was some, a video. A video that she took. Of her. Of fact. her. Oh gosh, I feel like maybe I did see this. Um, <laughs> and she... It was super charming. It's a bit lighter than the, Cass, than the uh, Molly Tibbetts story. I see. Uh... But it was political? It uh, must have been, right? In the it's, it's, it's in our Not My Tribe story. So 
Uh, I really have no idea. I'm drawing like. So it was actually a really charming little video. She's an intern at NBC News. Uh -huh. And as the Manafort verdict mm -hmm. came in, mm -hmm. um, apparently they weren't allowed to have cameras in the, or yeah, no no phones, sorry, in the courtroom. Oh, she was drawing. She, no. in the In the bathroom. <laughs> no. With all her paints. <laughs> no. no, it's a different one. She made a full-on sprint. Uh, out of the courtroom uh -huh. in order to file the, in order to call in the story. Oh, and everybody kind and of. And it's adorable. She's like this, you know, right. young woman, and she's a, she has fantastic running form. Yeah, and, <laughs> and so everybody kind of caught it. Literally streaks across the scene. Um, and did everybody know, just sort of like then mash it up with all kinds of other things? Or? I'm sure they did. I right. just saw the, you know, like, I'm old, so I just watched the like unfiltered yeah. video. Yeah. Um, but it was adorable. And I just love to see this like young woman being kind of heralded. And right. everyone kind of was like, she oh, her, I remember when I was Give her a Nike commercial, right? Yeah. Like, look at exactly. her. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Just do it. Okay. It so, we'll, post, we'll post a link to that video then, in case you guys didn't see it. And then because the my last question is actually three-part. Uh, I'll give you a third of a point for each one. Um, and because it was hard with this particular week to come up with stories you probably wouldn't hear yeah. from the other side, because yeah. it was really one story. Absolutely. So here is my question. Give me three reasons why it might not be a crime, what, uh, what Trump did, um, or why Trump may not have committed a crime. Are we talking about the Cohen it, with, in regard In regard to the Cohen thing, yeah, I, I mean. Huh. Um, the reason that might not be a crime. Well, yeah. you, you really are testing me because I've really been focusing more on why, why you think it is a crime. Why it would be yeah, but a three, crime. Give me, or give me one reason why you think it might not be a crime. Well, I did read somewhere that if he had just paid the money himself, like a personal check, mm -hmm. um, that it wouldn't have been a crime. Right. So personal expenses are allowed, right? Yes. So in other words, he didn't start everything, that way. everything you know, that you do as a candidate, like whether you get a haircut or whatever, like can be perceived as like, well, this helps you with the election. Right, right. So. Right, is it really a campaign finance? Is this a campaign finance uh, thing yeah. to say, hey, I want right. to fix my reputation. Right, I mean, it does strike me as, it has struck you me buy as a new ironic that if he had, if he had just done things in a more above board, okay. straightforward manner, rather than acting like a mafia don. So that's one, yep. Um, what, I, that's all I got. What are the other? There's two other reasons why yeah. this might not yeah. be. A... Well, the the second one, which I think is really valid, is that he told his lawyer, "Go deal with this for me." And the lawyer is supposed to know the law, right? Right. And so, so he's one. He's one step. Individuals are not supposed to necessarily know the law. Mm -hmm. So you go to your lawyer and you say, "I'd like to," or the accountant right. say, "I'd like to file my taxes." Right. You don't. And then if he does, unless you tell that person, like, "Hey, let's." Do something right, but illegal. that is the problem, right? Is that Cohen very specifically testifying that Donald Trump um, but so he, told him to do this, and there are in fact tapes. Well, that's of the two of them discussing it. I don't think so. No, there are. They, they, uh, according to discussing the payoff for sure. I don't think there are. <laughs> they, they, the prosecutors <laughs> do not have any tapes that say where Donald Trump is saying, "I'd like you to make an illegal." You know, whatever. Well, he doesn't say. Or illegal. where no, you have to have Cohen saying, "Hey, by the way, we should announce this to the the election," and that you know, and then Co Pretty, Trump saying, "Don't do right, that." Wait, we're gonna have to listen. Go back so, to the tape. So on that's that what one. that's what they have to prove. Yeah. And um, I don't think that that in, in the theories that they don't. And then the third one, which I thought you were gonna get, which was <laughs> you know simply that like um, that whether or not he's above the law, whether or not you can indict a president, right. whether you can really be accused of a crime right, right, right. at all. Oh, right. And that's well, sort so of then a, the question a meta is not, question. I, well, the reason I wouldn't that's have That's a trick that, one. That's, yeah. not a, that's, that's not a... That's not really fair. Was it criminal or not? It's can the president 
um, be indicted yeah, while in office. Yeah. So All right. I'll give you a third of a point. Excellent. All right. So, uh, let's, so let's move on. Let's move on. And I thought the most interesting thing, the thing that kind of triggered me the most this week was oh, this conversation that you had about Elon Musk. And you got 200 comments probably from like three people. And only like, and only like 50 of them were mine. <laughs> uh, 200 comments about... Um, this interview he gave, right? This interview he gave so, in which Elon Musk... Um, cried to the New York Times. He, I guess, yeah, he cried, right? He cried. He, he gave an interview basically, in case any of you somehow missed this, uh, where he was trying to explain his somewhat erratic behavior yeah. of late, uh -huh. um, the latest manifestation of which... Uh, was this tweet about maybe yeah. I'm going to take my company private and I have funding secured and anyway everyone freaked out right um, because it was an ill-advised and possibly illegal tweet yes and then he sort of said look I'm under enormous stress I'm not so, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm I think things are very tough and you and maybe your friends said Alon there's no crying in baseball basically you guys said <laughs> that, right well I think I I did post something and my take on it was to me this was an absolutely cookie cutter case of a white man yeah. um, complaining about, um, and a fairly, actually a fairly extraordinary white man in some ways. Um, <laughs> in every way, I would say. Complaining about, um, but behaving like a regular old white man and that he was complaining about being treated uh, in, you know, on being under pressure and having a rough time and everything is hard. Yeah. So it was kind of an extraordinary interview in some ways. Um, and a friend of mine actually pointed out that Tesla stock took a 9% dip or something yeah. after, after the interview was published. Um, you know, and Because he looked like he was not... Like he's falling apart. Falling apart. Like he's falling apart. Yeah. And I think he admitted that he's falling Correct. apart. Correct. And then my take on it actually wasn't so much um, what an idiot, although I think I may have written a little bit of that in my yeah. post. Um, my main thought was, you know, what if a woman had given an interview like this? Right. And what if a, um, what if a, you know, a, a less advantaged person, yeah. whether a person of color, whether, right. you know, somebody else, um, would so you they applied, have been allowed to You applied this? the filter of essentially identity politics. I did. To the, to the, to the. I did. Um, so, you know, part of my reaction was there's no crying in baseball, buddy. Yeah. Um, but the other part was. I can't believe that I'm reading this article and that, and that it, you know, that he somehow felt like he could do this and that the Times right. also kind of validated his feelings yeah. by writing about it. Whereas I know that, you know, women in positions of um, right. high status or power, if they, I just was trying to imagine what would happen if they well, cried. What I think is sort of interesting is, you know, I've been going to a lot of sort of Silicon Valley conferences and things over the years. And, mm -hmm. and the thing, one of the things that gets a lot of um, play, maybe too much play, uh, like at the HubSpot conference, whatever it was, you know, Brene Brown and her like whole thing, you know, who she is mm -hmm. and her whole thing about vulnerability. Okay. So she's, and how, a, she's a writer who writes. She's about a writer and she sort of has talked about how vulnerability and authenticity are like the secret to happiness and the secret to, and you know, you get great power or out of admitting your sure. your, your pain and, and so forth. So she would approve of this Elon Musk. Well, presumably interview. he's bought into that or whoever is managing his PR has bought into it. Um, the idea that like, hey, uh, and and what I do, did think was sort of interesting is to say, well, um, you know, 
there have been moments when we've been into male vulnerability, like mm-hmm. um, like Alan Alda, like the sensitive new age guy, you know, in the 80s, whatever. Sure. And then there's backlashes mm-hmm. to that where, mm-hmm. you know, they say, no, real men don't eat quiche and, right. you know, like Rambo and, you know. Yeah. And so we have this kind of up and down thing that goes on. and it Mostly seems, down. <laughs> no, I think... Male vulnerability I, on the whole is not applauded. Well... Anyway, that, no, but sometimes opinion. it is. Sometimes every now and then. So every now and then we say, "Oh, like, um, yeah, no, I hear you." Right? Like, yeah, there, yeah. there's a. I think actually the whole Brené Brown thing is like we should pro- applaud vulnerability in general, male yeah. and, and emotional transparency, yeah. and not pretending to be something that we're yeah, not. Yeah, like nobody's perfect, right? Yeah. And yeah. and what I thought was so interesting about that is that so a, a man avails himself of that mm-hmm. uh, and there's a huge resentment and I think the resentment is like well now women women are not allowed to do that but I think the the point is that actually women are allowed to do that um, and that you know a lot of women like and this was one of the conversations that happened but you know like Ariana Huffington and mm-hmm. um, Sheryl Sandberg and all these sort of powerful women yeah. have and you know, even maybe Martha Stewart, kind of when she was getting in trouble, you know, kind of say like, hey, you know, this isn't easy and yeah. Um, yeah. and we make mistakes. And um, and so I think the idea was like, no, everybody should be able, be allowed to admit so it's vulnerability. Interesting. It's interesting. And, and so I thought it was interesting that you were saying, well, because of our traditional gender roles, you know, 100 years ago, you're absolutely right. Like, or even 30 years ago, you'd say, Men are are not supposed are are supposed to not be vulnerable, mm-hmm. and that women um, aren't allowed to not be, and that's not fair. Yeah. But I actually think w- what I saw was like, well, you know, no, no, the whole maybe we'd be in a better place if everyone was if allowed everybody to be was allowed to be vulnerable, okay. and that's and that's what I thought was that's very interesting was what wasn't quite right, which was to say you were kind of judging his vulnerability yeah. by yeah. by the by the traditional notions of male uh-huh. vulnerability. Uh-huh. Well, I think you've caught me in a way because I did have two different reactions to this. One was, you know, poor little rich boy, uh, things are so rough for you, um, you know, go cry in your mansion and into your, you know, millions of dollars worth of X, Y, and Z. Um, so I, I felt it, it, he came across very much as complaining um, and also looking for excuses right. to excuse what in fact has been behavior that has damaged his company and I just found it fascinating that a man was using these very kind of emotional reasons and kind of looking to draw on our empathy uh, in order to excuse things that you know arguably aren't really excusable in a CEO of a major company Um, so that was one reaction I had. And that's an an interesting question which is to say because what I think, what he did, and people got very upset by it, and they're like, oh, how could he? But in the end of the day, what did he really do that affected us at all? Like, you know, like if you say, like, you know, Louis C.K., you know, sexually harassed these women, and then, like, it, that's important because of what he did. He hurt some people. Mm-hmm. And two, it's important because... It reveals what happens in the world at it, large. Yes. Yes. What Elon Musk did was, look, he's done some amazing things. In fact, the world, I think, will be a better place Mm. if he succeeds in making an affordable electric car. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? I would, although, as a friend of mine pointed out, you know, it may not be him in the end. He may be the he may be the the bellwether or the yeah. you know. Well, in fact, it might not be him in the end who actually right. succeeds in doing all of these things. But he's arguably paving the way. Sort of like te- Tesla led to, yeah. to Edison, right? Yeah. Like yeah. 
yes, like Tesla didn't make all the money, he didn't necessarily succeed, but nevertheless, he moved sure. the ball forward. Sure. Which, um, but but uh, your point being that this Elon Musk thing, like, how does it how does it have larger big world, you know, ramifications? Yeah, like, why like, bother complaining? I, why about are it? people so unwilling to say, like, yeah, I'll cut you a break, Elon, because yeah, like. You, what you are trying to do I is really difficult really, and what you did was really dumb but like at the end of the day moving the stock price seven points on at mm-hmm. any given day like mm-hmm. who cares it doesn't mean a thing right right and and um i agree with that i just really, think that you're i think the thing that you're discounting is the reaction of people reading that who don't feel that they have the leeway to have us be similarly but those people don't have like fifty thousand people Depending on that, sure, like they, they don't. No, they, other women, I mean, other I, women CEOs certainly. And I read an article by one of them who was saying, you know, I get it. It's super stressful, but I could never, never, never let myself cry because often I'm the only woman in the room, or one right. of two women in a room, or you know, whatever the right. number is. And if I let myself um, be vulnerable, or however you want to describe this, um, certainly imagining being like that in a in a in the New York Times. You know what would happen to my company? So I think the answer is, if we want like to live in a better, in a, if we want to live in a better world, we actually like we should say that's okay. What Elon Musk is doing is okay. What that woman CEO to acknowledge the stress that she's under and to acknowledge the emotional challenges of having that kind of pressure is okay. Yeah, I don't know. I it, don't know. It is I don't a, think we want necessarily a world. I mean, these people are supposed to be leaders. They're not supposed to be men or women, right? Uh, and I, what I really felt like is he was asking for a pass. He wasn't saying, I think we should all be allowed to be emotionally vulnerable. He was talking only about himself. And he was saying, I've had a hard time. I didn't make it to my brother's wedding in Mexico. Almost. And, you know, it just... I think He didn't fun. seem to have any perspective on the fact that, like, other people might also be having yeah. these kind of pressures just, and worse. Um, it just felt very selfish and very self-focused, which well, I, I think, think is why I didn't call upon I, our, our... Or company. you could just say, like, hey, you know, he's just telling the truth. He's saying, like, look, there's no excuse for what I did. I'm except- not sure that he said that, but that's okay. Right. That's it. But if, if he had said there's no excuse for what I did, but he doesn't say that. He said, here are all the excuses for what I did. No, no, no. Well, which is, but, but maybe that's right, right. But maybe it's just like, look, what I did was wrong. There's no excuse for what I did, but sure. But there are reasons for what I did, sure. and it's that I'm on a lot of and and I think um, oh, I would have been that, a lot I, more you know, okay with. That. I don't know. It, like it just it seems to me that when it comes to male apologies, now <laughs> we are getting to this world where there's like no, like if you show weakness, if you like, because we're getting to a world where like the only thing to do like is like Trump, where you just deny it, deny it, deny it, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. and if you don't let people just say no, 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 you're you're like. I, I did. I, I'm under a lot of pressure. I've been really hard. It's been a really hard year for me. In, I would love to live in a world like that. Don't get exactly. me wrong. Exactly. So you can't, if you, if you would love to world, live in a world like that. Don't criticize this interview. I think you can't <laughs> criticize Tr- Musk because then when it happens to Angela Merkel, you have to, you can't then have a double standard. You can't then sure. say, Fair enough. you know, Fair enough. right. And so I think you have to support Musk or you don't have to, but I think if you, if you believe that vulnerability is just part of life, and then you have to support. All right, what was your second point? Did you, I'm certainly did you pro, lose it? I'm certainly pro-empathy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, no, and it, if I had to choose over somebody who admits their weaknesses and versus also like, somebody a, who doesn't, I obviously would choose the former. I just didn't think that that's what his interview ultimately was. I think that you are conjuring up a much, much more 
acceptable yeah maybe interview that you wish he had given i really only read your article read, read the article and read your i didn't actually watch the interview so maybe uh, every i was just sort of surprised that everybody i just don't want to see him. somebody get a pass yeah because there's no crying in baseball uh no i don't want to see someone get a pass uh because he's a white man and because but yeah but right. i guess it's my point is like it's, not, it's not, not that wrong. big a deal you're it really wrong. wasn't a big deal um it wasn't great yeah, I do want to Oh, say and then that. the second thing, the second thing about that whole thing, and if we can keep talking about this subject, I hope people aren't bored, but the other thing that I thought was interesting was that you used the word disgusting, like that this is disgusting. <laughs> and that triggered not just me, but it triggered another guy who like went on for like 50 posts about it. And I actually thought, it's sort of changing the subject, but I actually thought that that was really interesting to me that like, that that was the emotion. That I called up for That me. I called up for you. And, and I had to ask you, like, was that sincere were you actually disgusted <laughs> or were you just like using that word because you knew it would have an emotional trigger no no I, I always use a word because I mean it uh, so I would never use a word purposely so you, to you were upset other you people. found revulsion out of the oh this is just I did because I found I him, mean this was a I found him selfish and I did not find that he was holding himself accountable I found that he was using trying to draw on our empathy to excuse his behavior and I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't think that it's, um, I don't think that that is a kind of world that. So do you have like an infinite well of disgust? Because there was, um, <laughs> there was, yes. this was the same week where we had like a thousand Catholic priests like giving gold, gold crosses to Ugh. young boys to mark them as potential victims Ugh. and doing like the most yeah, disgust, way more disgusting, way more disgusting. Sure. And, do you not reserve that word for things that are actually disgusting as well, opposed to mildly... I mean, I wouldn't have written an article. I wouldn't write an op-ed in the New York Times using the word disgusting. I think maybe in a Facebook post. I think you were mildly censorious was what, how I would describe <laughs> it. I think if you had said, I'm mildly censorious of this behavior... <laughs> I'll keep that in mind for I next would, time. <laughs> I would have been much happier because you were not disgusted. Yeah. You were not puking. You were not, you were not going like, if I saw that guy, I'd want to punch him in the face. Well, I might. Elon Musk, because he tweeted that he might take his 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 no. his his company private, you were like, if I saw a guy, I'd punch him in the face. How dare he cry? Him. How dare he cry about the fact that he's under a lot of stress? Uh, it's yeah. just crazy. That's crazy to me. Like I just, it's so not crazy. I shouldn't use that word. It's not crazy. That's that's uh, I can't quite too strong. understand too strong. it. I can't oh, understand it. Maybe it is too strong. I just, you know. As, as we've been talking about for the last year, I think we've all been pushed emotionally to a place where, and this comes out a lot online, um, but also in person sometimes, um, you know, we've been pushed past the places where we thought we were once were when it came to politics, when it comes to gender. Um, and so, you know, this is our our buttons are more sensitive now, especially online, um, right? So online, online, online we can find to, disgust for something. Especially when it comes to issues of privilege, when it comes to issues of race, when it comes to issues of gender, all of those things have become increasingly heightened and increasingly disturbing. Mm -hmm. um, and there's been so much news around all these things that, um, yeah, maybe I used a word that was too strong. Uh, and you're right, I don't actually care that much about Elon Musk. <laughs> right. um, although I did, I was really interested in the conversation that my post produced, because I think it forced me to think more about yeah. it, um, as well, has this discussion. Um, well, that was what, to me, I think is so interesting about social media, is that, so at first I think that these words like contempt and disgust and, disgust and revulsion, or whatever, like mm -hmm. they actually 
they have this pull on people. Yeah. Like when, when somebody says they're disgusted or revolted or they're contempt, use contemptuous language. Well, it puts down I a very it, strong division between people, right? Well, it, yeah, it creates this like, okay, we're gonna fight now, Yeah. right? And like, we're gonna, this is, you know. Right. It's throwing a, down the gauntlet a It is, bit. And, and I actually think also that social media gives you this positive reinforcement. You had 200 comments on that. Mm -hmm. And people were not, they, that was a bone that nobody was willing to let go of. Right, like one person in particular. Well, but you know, and the other side too. Like it takes two to tango, <laughs> um, and uh, or at least two, sometimes more. And yeah. and I think that that is well. So this idea of what are the emotions that have been stirred up right now yeah. uh, by our current political and social climate is, I think, really interesting. And it's something way beyond my post or way beyond the Elon Musk story. Um, you know, this is the. This is the topic that is consuming people who really think about this stuff, which is why are why does this feel different from say you know when Nixon was president? Why does this feel different from when Clinton was being impeached? Yeah. Um, well, does it feel different? And I think a lot of people would say yes. Uh, and then figuring out you know why why are words like disgust and contempt being thrown around um, and being felt well, yeah. uh, more well, than just I disagree with your yeah. point of view. But I think this goes back even before Trump, right? Yeah, because well, you were saying there was this Peter Beinart article, which we read from The Atlantic, where he said essentially that people who felt like that women who were ambitious and grasping for, for power mm -hmm. made pe people uh, on the right feel emotions Disgusted. of disgust, right. contempt, and revulsion. Right. And I was like... Why would that be how you would feel? And and I because just think there's this. It threatens their sense of self, right? Yeah. It threatens in the same way that, that in Trump the same way that must, must have threatened your sense of maybe self. Maybe a little bit, but much more Donald Trump, right? Threatens my sense of self absolutely because I can't, I can't comprehend how somebody like that is essentially in charge of. It's hard to understand me, <laughs> right? Is, yeah. And in charge of vulnerable people and in charge of steering the course of the country with which I identify. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm not alone. In so that, that would be, I, I think, um, the, the, the more that we can start to kind of keep a cool head on these things and yeah, try to, and try that. to tamp down the, you know, I, it's funny cause like I've tried to listen to both sides and it is very rarely in my day that I feel like I'm just disgusted by that. Occasionally I am triggered by mm -hmm. things and I, mm -hmm. and I admit that, but I generally, I try whenever I feel like, oh God, this person's such an idiot, or like right. this is. I say like, well, why? Why am I feeling that way? Why mm -hmm. am I mm -hmm. so disgusted? Like, or you know, and and I just think we're anyway. I I feel like that that was so indicative. It's of unproductive, that. is your point, right? Which you know, and then at the same time, you look at people like Beto O'Rourke, right? Who uh, I he had this great thing this week where he essentially answered right, he the question a, he was in a in uh, Texas. like a town hall yeah. type meeting and i just saw it and i was i was so moved in a way by his response which was to say it essentially was about the nfl and taking a knee right. and, and so what he thought for, for anyone who's a new listener um, or who may not already have figured this out andrew is <laughs> we on don't a, have new andrew listeners. is on a constant search for um, his perfect moderate democrat um, I guess, or, who or Republican. Who doesn't, who's not a firebrand, who speaks to, you know, a broader range of voters uh, or potential voters. Um, and so Beto O'Rourke gave this fantastic answer when someone asked him, you know, what's your feeling about football players taking a knee during the anthem? Which 
at this point, like, isn't really even an issue because they're actually not allowed to do it anymore. Um, uh, they have to stay in the locker room yeah. during the anthem instead. Uh, and he gave a very kind of balanced answer, which, you know, was actually, a good choice on his part since he's running uh, for the Senate from I actually Texas. thought he gave an answer that was decisive in one side. And it, well, he but, said, I support their right to do it. Absolutely. Right. But I think at the same time, it wasn't just that it wasn't balanced in the sense like, like you know, wishy-washy or in the middle of the road. It was balanced in the sense that he said that people who are on the other side of this thing are equally patriotic and they have a point of view and it's like and it's a valid point of view there's mm -hmm. two ways to see this issue sure. and um and i thought and, and while i agreed with him completely yeah um that this was an exercise of free speech this was an exercise of the right to protest this is how social change gets made like i thought well his boy, point was it's essentially american and yeah. you can't claim that right. their behavior is and that's what the flag stands for and and so I, I completely agreed with him but i i thought that you the liked way, his tone I loved his tone, and I actually think tone is so much more important than substance. Yes. Well, and, and I don't know more. more it important, is. I, I really, important. I really think that tone, because I think, I, I and maybe I'm overly um, manipulated by tone, but I actually, I really think that our tone has is what's getting us in trouble. And well, certainly if you look at as the administration. Nation, they have chosen tone over substance, right? Not just the ministry. Over and over and over again. And arguably, by the way, and it's I think, and by arguably, by the way, the reason we have this administration is because the left focused on tone, and this was a reaction. <laughs> no, no, like you cannot. I couldn't disagree more. Well, that's okay. I agree that you can if, disagree. If anything, Hillary's problem was she didn't have a tone. People, people, I think voted against Hillary because of the tone, not necessarily of her but of the people who supported her and what they heard on social media and like saying like you know, these, people, these people are all racist these people are all yeah. so that ignorant stuff. hicks and all that stuff and it was about that tone of contempt that i think gave us a really poor choice as president see and andrew it's so interesting because i would i i, I see what you're saying and I, and I think there certainly were some liberals who were guilty of that but to compare that to the fact that this entire the entire trump campaign was run on tone over substance. Both there was were. no substance at all, right? He was all about tone. It was all about lies, promises he was making that he had no intention of keeping. Well, it was all about telling people what they wanted to hear. And I think to say, I we actually totally agree that tone was maybe the most important thing in this election, yeah. uh, which we're never going to get over, even though it was almost two years ago. Um, but, but to say that that's good. You're saying tone is more important than substance. No, I think... I think the, and I'm saying I think let's, the, for, let's get back to a point where substance actually matters more than tone. I think a candidate who can own tone, which yeah, which is what I think Beto O'Rourke can do. He was so loose, too. Yeah, he's like he's he was great. He was like Obama like in 2002 or 2004, mm -hmm. like, 2004. Like, where you like you watch that guy and you're like, oh, he's so loose. Like he just... <laughs> which, you know, no one's ever called him that again. <laughs> who? Obama? But yes. he was. He was just like... Yeah. He was well, the up there low and it just felt, it felt so natural and so thoughtful and like... Except he didn't. He wasn't like that as president. I mean, a lot of people, even people who liked him as president, right. but found he, him but, stiff and but he, but formal. But O'Rourke... Was so loose, yeah, he was and I was great. like, "He's got, he's got a, a lot of skills." I would have um, liked to go back to the guy who asked the question 
and say, did that answer satisfy you? Because the guy who asked the question kind of wanted O'Rourke to say, yeah, yeah. I think that Which these was guys great. are unpatriotic. Um, the, uh, uh, the other thing I wanted uh, to say, though, is that Trump has pretty much kept the problem, whether you like it or not, like he has, it seems like he's trying to keep his promises, <laughs> right? Like he's trying to build a wall. He's trying to attack. He's putting in tariffs that everybody's disagreeing with him, but he's doing them. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, you know, trying to make immigration a big issue. So like, I think it is weird. I, I, you know, you can say a lot of things about Donald Trump that are, and you'd be right, that are terrible. But the idea that he, and that he is a liar, so I think. I'm but the idea that he's a, not I'm trying to keep his promises. I'm going to look at it in a bigger picture thing, which is yeah. that his overall promise was, I'm going to make life better. Make America people, great again, yeah. For people who um, are suffering. And well, I don't think that that is what he's doing, right? I his, don't think that A lot of promise. people voted for him because they said, you know, I'm going to lose my job at the carrier plant. Yeah. I'm going, I'm a coal miner who's out of work. Um you know, I am suffering because I believe that illegal immigrants are taking my jobs. Uh, he has not made anybody's life better, or other than arguably people who benefited from the tax reform or the the longest bull re- bull market in sure. history. Sure. Okay. So, so people who are who are profiting from the stock market and. Um, you know, but again, it's you can't 100% tie that and to cor- you know corporations and their so the tax taxes. so it's related to the tax bill mostly right yeah uh, so those people have but I think actually the tariffs are those the people that he that he promised to help no he did not get up there and say I'm going to make life actually he did say this but not in public I'm going to make life better for my you know millionaire and billionaire friends um, so he I think said, I'm gonna I help think you would have a, I think you would have a hard time arguing with a Trump supporter that he's not delivering on what he said he was going to do. Oh, I would challenge. I would challenge you, you may people. You may agree that, that, that he's not doing for people who didn't support him, but I think the people who, who supported him, who, to whom he made promises, you I think, think... their lives are better today than they were two years ago? I don't know if their ago? lives are better, but I think if you ask them, is Trump try, trying to do what he said he was going to do, I think they would universally say yes. Now, you can disagree with that. You can disagree with the, rather his policy decisions, and you can say, yeah. "Hey, these are terrible policy decisions." But um, I actually don't think that he was sort of duplicitous, like saying, "Like, oh, I'm not going to raise taxes," and then raise taxes. Like, you know, I think he actually has more or less been focused on the things, the few things. Yeah, except that he the, the he things he on. promised, like building the wall. He yeah. Are are not are actually, and this was my problem with him from the get-go, there's no evidence that, you know, tariffs are going to help struggling um, working-class people in this country. And in fact, there's a lot of evidence that it's going to hurt them. There's no evidence that building a wall between us and Mexico is going to help people in this country. There's no evidence for any of that. So sure, he may be trying to keep the promises he made, but the larger issue is it was never, none of those promises were ever going to lead to... You disagree with these policies. And his larger, and, and if you argue that people voted for him on tone, his tone was, this country sucks, which he said pretty much verbatim, and I'm going to improve things and turn it in a different direction. But he read that right. He read the tone. He read the message right. We agree on that. Right. So did you want to talk about Melania? Oh, I think that would be fun. (laughs) A nice light topic to end on. (laughs) 
<laughs> so there was a somewhat controversial um, piece by Frank Bruni in the Times this week, um, and I believe the headline was, and this is clickbait if there ever was one, um, is Melania, could Melania be our greatest first lady yeah. ever? Is she, uh, <laughs> um, what do you call those people, a fifth a fifth column? Is that what a fifth columnist? Where you, where you, is that what it was? I thought that, like, kind of like a sneak attack? Yeah, I think there was something called a fifth column, which is like where you, it's basically like you're a, you're a counter agent. Okay. Right? You're like, yeah, you're, you're right. hidden. I'll buy that. Is that the right word? Um, but yeah, that, that basically that she is through fashion and through She's her a saboteur. Own, a saboteur. She's actually. Sabotress. Le- leading her own. One woman. One woman. Rebellion. Um, rebellion. Um, and uh, what do you think? Well, first I thought it was a clever title because it's so ridiculous. The headline was brilliant because, mm-hmm. of course, everybody's response was like, hello, Eleanor Roosevelt. Right, right, right exactly. Uh, so it immediately got people Abigail you know, Adams. pissed off. Right. <laughs> uh, and I, I believe it must have been meant, you know, tongue-in-cheek. Um, and I also think that she is a cipher and we are just projecting onto her yeah, whatever it is we want to read. Um, I think if you look at the facts about her, there's nothing redeeming at all. Um, if you if you want her to be a resistor, which um, Bernie obviously does, uh, you know she she sends mixed messages for sure. Um, but she's a bit of I, I you know as a there was as something a woman, that everybody I don't feel particularly there was one issue her. and I and now I've forgotten it, but it was in the comments that everybody was picking on her because she was on Trump's side about something. Where I guess well, she was on his side with the whole birther thing. That's right, the birther yeah. thing. So what was what did she do with the birther thing? She went on TV and said, you know, I can't remember if she just said she supported him in his search for you know his questioning of. This, she, she also questioned. Obama's. This was back in two thousand six yeah. or something. Yeah. 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 Um, which, by the way, we just got to point out, like highly ironic. There's so many ironies about her. It's almost she right. is just she's a an like irony she's a, wrapped she's in a irony chain, wrapped chain in more immigration irony. for her parents. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So she's you know. She embodies so many of the things that right. Trump you know claims she is, to not, be against. She's a, she's a walking hypocrisy, is what yes. she is. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, um, so that would have been a more accurate headline for Bruni's Bruni's piece. Um, I think it's just we're grasping at straws. We want desperately for somebody, anybody in the administration to see the truth <laughs> or to be, you know, to underline the hypocrisy that exists there, but she's just as much of a hypocrite as the rest of them, in my opinion. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I think actually she's uh, a person who, uh, you know, the, the old Chinese curse who said, like, may you, may you get what you wish for. I think that's what she did. She, mm. got, she got what she wished for. Yes. And it's I thought you were going to say, may you live in interesting times. Yeah, I think that's the other one. It's the other well-known <laughs> Chinese curse. And um, there's the extent of our Confucian uh, yeah. knowledge. <laughs> um, and we're gonna, I'm going to go see uh, Crazy Rich Asians uh, oh, tonight. Oh, excellent, so excellent. All right. Yeah, so, then you'll be way more knowledgeable. <laughs> uh, that, I think, is our show, ladies and gentlemen. I really can't wait to see what is going to happen between now and the next time we record, which will be after Labor Day. I think nothing. I think this is... When do we think the Mueller report's coming out? I think there's nothing... I mean, it's funny. I mean, I just don't think that any of this thing ha- has anything to do with... Oh, this was actually a point I was going to make. I'll just end with this one, which is that, like... It seems like all special counsels do is they chase things down and they eventually get people lying about sex. And like that's like essentially mm. like this has nothing to do with Russia. And and it I does if the money came from Russia. Right. Like that's that's part of the argument is um, 
And anyway, this, this I, I can't help but believe that the Mueller report that we're just seeing, it's like we're looking you mean at a river. I mean, we're looking at the river and we're seeing, we're talking about the stuff that's floating down, the, yeah. the crap that's floating down the river on top. What we're not seeing are the currents underneath. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's way deeper currents underneath I, that we're not seeing. I thought people got way too excited about these two guys who basically, yeah. you know, they're getting they're getting in trouble for things that they did before they ever got involved in the campaign, um, and then trying to tie well, that into something. Not exactly before the campaign. Yeah, this was during the campaign, the Cohen thing. All right, we're gonna so have we'll, to talk we'll about see. it next time. Sorry, we'll that's a little bit of a cliffhanger, I guess. <laughs> Every day is a cliffhanger. It's so exciting. <laughs> Thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll, see we'll see you again see you next soon. Time.